Welcome to the Growth Formula by Note to Self Movement. I'm the founder, Nolita, with my co-host Pooja, our social media guru. This is your safe space to explore anything and everything to do with personal growth and healing. Every episode, we go deeper in on the conversations we have on Note to Self Movement, our online community that aims to educate and empower consumers' purchase decisions. So get ready, buckle up, because we're not holding back. Hey, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Growth Formula. I'm Nolita. And I'm Pooja. Okay, everyone. I don't know if you can tell the energy of this podcast is already a little different than usual. And that's because Nolita and I are so excited. Yes. So today we have our very first guest on Growth Formula, who's actually a very close friend of mine, as I'm sure you guys have seen her all over our social media. We're always doing IGTV lives and Instagram videos together. And we have Caitlin Chisholm on today. And she is an incredible friend, an incredible person. Um, But most of all, she is known for her expertise in the skin space. So Caitlin is an international medical esthetician for over a decade and is currently the account executive for Dr. Dennis Gross Canada. So she's responsible for sales and education for the retail and spa division. And she was also previously the head um, medical esthetician for multiple med spas and clinics in Canada and in the UK. Hi, guys. I'm so excited to be here. I think this is going to be fantastic. And I guess get ready for a lot of uh, rambling, maybe about skin and all of my favorite things. (laughs) (laughs) We are so excited to have you on the show today. You may not know this, but when we were brainstorming who to have on our uh, show as a guest, you naturally came up as the first person on both of our lists. We're just so excited. Honestly, I look forward to skincare secret videos all the time. (laughs) So good. Literally, I trust you with my skin. Next level. (laughs) I love it. So, Caitlin, would you be able to share with us how you got started in the field? I'm so interested to hear. Yeah, absolutely. It has been quite the journey for myself. Um, When I was younger, I had no idea what I wanted to do. And all of a sudden, I decided I was going to be a famous makeup artist. Um, For those of you who don't know me, I am not creative at all. And I mean, my decorating style is storage. That's that's what I do. Um, So, as you can probably (laughs) assume... It wasn't the best career choice. When I did my first ever makeup class, we started with the basics. We started with skincare. And that's kind of where I fell in love with the idea that we could do more than just kind of cover up. And the reason that I also love the idea of makeup as an art form and everything is because I was dealing with my own hot mess disaster skin from the age of nine. Mm -hmm. And I was that kid, paint you a picture, cystic acne. I had braces with headgear. I had glasses. I had frizzy, crazy hair. And, you know, that was a big, big part of me growing up. So I thought makeup, let's cover it up. Let's fix this. Let's make it invisible. And then when I found about skincare, I was like, hey, there's actually safe space between makeup covering up and then all of these dermatologists that weren't really listening beyond medications. Um, I didn't know that about you at all, actually. So (laughs) I'm kind of shook right now. I love it. Actually, that's why we're so happy to have you on to share with us, you know, some of the skin concerns you faced and experienced in your past, because 
you know, oftentimes when people see us like on the lives or on social media, like they were probably looking at you going, well, what does she really know? You know, her skin's great. She has nothing to correct, you know? So knowing the background story really helps us to understand you more actually as a person. Um, So that's awesome. I guess if you want to share with everyone that's listening, how your skin got better finally. Yeah, it was a long haul journey. Um, So my skin really started to affect me from a younger age than I realized, I guess. So it took me a while to realize. And uh, the first thing, my first clue that there was an issue was, of course, someone in my family made a comment about my skin. Um, I come from a very old world family farming community. And the home remedies were my first introduction to doing something, whether that was scrubbing my face with goat milk and a face cloth three times a day, heads up, that doesn't work. Or being told, hey, you know, what's going on? You know, is it where you're living? What's happening? Are you not washing your face? Are you not doing this? Um, to finally being sent to a dermatologist by my GP or my, my uh, medical doctor, um, because my skin was to that point where I wasn't really addressing it. And again, I had cystic acne, I had nodular acne, I had open wounds on my skin from picking at it, from it being itchy, inflammation, redness, swelling, soreness, and then of course, all of the scarring that comes with that. So I had boxcar ice pick and uh, rolling scar tissue in what I like to call the beard area of my face. Um, That's also where most of my cystic acne was as well. All of the kind of red uh, post-inflammatory erythema that comes with that, a good two thirds of my face was always red. And everything that kind of layers in with all of that physically, pain, discomfort, itchiness, dryness, flakiness. So I was then sent over to a dermatologist. I was on every single medication under the sun at some point or a combination of a few things. And it wasn't really sticking. It was only, you know, much later on that I found out during an allergy panel test, I'm actually allergic to a lot of ingredients. And most of these things are specific to acneic skin. So a lot of forms of vitamin A or retinol, um, as well as salicylic acid, I can't use those as raw single origin ingredient products or else my skin actually does the opposite and freaks out. So I was living with that for, for quite a while, went through all my schooling, maintained all of my education since then as well, if you don't know. Um, there's a lot of postgraduate things that estheticians can and should be doing for furthering their own growth and education. But it was, you know, me being in clinic, seeing patients full time, treating their skin, wearing a thick amount of foundation, still trying to work through my own skin issues. And then, you know, I happened across a little brand that uh, you may know now, Dr. Jenna's Gross. Um, (laughs) And that was really where my skin did a complete change around. Even that being said, though, it wasn't until one particular moment in my mind where I was like, oh, my skin's different. It's changed. It's better. I was running late for a hair appointment. Again, if you know me, it's probably not shocking. I'm running late. And I had literally thrown on a pair of, you know, sweatpants and a top, ran into the hair appointment, sat down and my hairdresser was saying, oh, um, you know, I can't believe you had time to put foundation on today. And I was like, I don't know what you're talking about. For reference, my hairdresser's known me a long time and can be as honest and blunt as she likes with me. And she didn't believe that I didn't have foundation on. And that was the first moment in my entire kind of skin health journey where I actually had to sit there, look at my skin and recognize the difference that had taken place. It was not overnight. It was not even me that noticed. Um, It was my hairdresser Mm -hmm. helping out. Oh, I love that. 
I think that sometimes when someone points it out and really nice, genuine, oh, your skin looks really good today. It really lets you see the progress that you've made in your skincare journey through the like hoops of your skin concerns and all of that. So I think it's really special when someone says that really like kind compliment of your skin looks good. And like, there's no better compliment than thinking your skin is foundation. I love that. (laughs) (laughs) That's so Uh, true. So I know that you mentioned that over time you grew more confident in your skin. And I'd love to dive deeper in that. Like, what's your personal experience with skin confidence? And I know for me, like with my personal skincare concerns, it always had a relation to my mental health. So did you ever see like a correlation between the two? Absolutely. It's funny because my partner, when we started dating, had never even seen my bare skin. And I was that person, you know, you see in the movies, you think it's hilarious where I would be up first, throw on a bit of something, whether it was a tinted base or, you know, some kind of something to kind of camouflage the skin because I was adamant that he would never see me barefaced um, slash forward. And, you know, if he sees me now with any drop of makeup on, it's, <laughs> it's his lucky day. But that was me for a very long time. And it really impacts pretty much everything about the way that you think about, okay, I'm going to get you know, bright eyeshadow, bright lipstick. I'm going to wear the most full coverage foundation. I'm going to wear a top maybe that's a little bit more revealing so that people are looking somewhere else other than my skin. And it just really, you know, it becomes almost like this subconscious thing where you're constantly focusing on your skin. Oh, well, maybe I'll get a a side bang to cover my skin or I'll pull my hair forward. I never want to have my hair back because you can see too much of my skin. And it just feeds itself into every kind of aspect of of everything you know even sometimes eating foods right like oh I'm going to eat this chocolate bar I'm really going to enjoy it you're kind of waiting for someone to make a comment about is that good idea with your skin so it just becomes this kind of unconscious subconscious overwhelming thing that just feeds into the way you present yourself in every aspect of your daily life you start to think maybe people aren't taking you as seriously when your skin doesn't look great as well as just physical inflammation in the skin. It just doesn't feel good, um, both to touch with, you know, my own hands, but also just to have it, you know, inflamed cysts are painful. It's pushing on muscle. It was definitely a work in progress. And, you know, we talk about self-love and all of these types of things. And it truly is something that you have to work for. And that's kind of where I am now. Obviously, I'm older, maybe wiser, and uh, maybe better supported. But you know, I've been living with my skin for a couple decades, we'll say anyway, and everything changes as well, right? So it's this conscious effort to be almost forgiving of, of yourself or your skin or acknowledging that the polished perfect images that we see maybe in, in media or social media may have filters on them and just having realistic expectations for yourself and acknowledging and appreciating how far you have come as opposed to focusing on always where we could be better. That is so true. I couldn't agree more. Sometimes we are our own worst critics and it can be so detrimental to our mental health. You know, Mm -hmm. if we're not conscious of that self-talk and self-appreciation. Absolutely. Um, Right. Cause like personally, my biggest challenge that I'm facing at the moment when it comes to skin is really eczema and dermatitis. And we've addressed that on our last IG live together, Mm -hmm. um, you know, where you've explained that it is 
very common for people to have these inflammations um, pop up in the middle of winter. And I know it sounds like a first world problem. I am kind of sometimes guilty talking about it, but it does really ruin my self-confidence because I often wake up in the morning with puffy, flaky, red eyes um, because of the eczema, because of the dermatitis. And those are the days that I can only wear glasses. So it covers that area completely. And it's so sad when you think about it because it shouldn't be something we're ashamed of. And the worst part is, you know, when you talk about it to your friends or family, the first thing they'll say is, oh, well, just don't wear so much makeup. And it's like, no, I love makeup, first of all. And that's not it. Second of all, it's making me feel worse about myself, you know? Now that we've both shared our skin problems, Pooja, I would love to um, hear about yours, if you have any. Oh, I do. (laughs) Honestly, I think my biggest skin concern has always been acne. I've had it since, I guess, like puberty, just a lot of it. I have broken down It's either hormonal or has come from maybe lactose intolerance, but I love my cheese, so I don't really know what to say about that. (laughs) (laughs) It's not real. (laughs) (laughs) But it's definitely really interesting to hear you say that, Caitlin, because it's so true. It's like a masquerade game. You almost want to focus on every other aspect of yourself to hide your acne. I know that I did that a lot growing up too, and I would... I always loved makeup and loved playing with makeup, but it was like, okay, if I have a pimple on my forehead, maybe I'm just going to go and throw on a bright red lip and that's what they're looking at and we're good and that's great. And I think that's why maybe I had a lot of um, years uh, during puberty with bangs (laughs) unintentionally. I can kind of like see that now. So it's really funny that you pointed that out. But um, overall, I think that my biggest skin concern was how it made me feel more than the acne itself. I noticed that I would have family members say things like, oh, oh my God, you've ruined your skin by putting so much makeup on, or you've ruined your skin because you have acne. And I think that that is so damaging because these are people that you love and these are people who are supposed to be there for you. And love you unconditionally, even though they do. I'm not saying that they don't. It was a huge part of why I don't, I didn't feel comfortable in my own skin because it was like, okay, people are noticing, people are looking, people are seeing my hormonal acne or seeing another person's eczema or seeing dark circles. And it's just like, oh my gosh, it's just a general consensus of like, please mind your own business and let me live through the skin phase right now yeah 100 percent. like there's there's so much pressure on people in general right now with social media and a camera in our face 24 7 but there's also to such a high expectation on women right like not only in terms of clear beautiful skin um and of course beauty is subjective right it's beauty is in the eye of the beholder Mm -hmm. um but there's also to like this self-worth that's tied up in our beauty and the clarity of skin is so in in with that and it is an actual medical condition that we're looking at right acne is classified as a as a disease so when you're thinking about all of these kind of little bits and pieces that, that take over 
our mental health, it just chips away at us. And it can be something that's meant to be harmless or helpful even. And it comes from maybe a good place. But when you hear these things all day, every day, it's like, and I'll say this, I say this with love. I'm six feet tall, guys. Um, the amount of times that when I meet someone for the first time, it's, oh my God, you're so tall. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's funny. Um, thank you, right? That to me is a funny comment, right? Obviously, I am very tall. And it's something that I too often do forget because I do think I have, you know, lap dog syndrome where I think I'm like a chihuahua, but really I'm like a great Dane. <laughs> where it's just that constant reminder, right? And when it's something that you don't like about yourself and you're not happy and healthy with, it chips away so much more at you, these little layers of all of this, this stuff. And then some days we can have great skin days or weeks or months or years. Maybe we're on a medication for something. Maybe we've cracked the lifestyle. But you know what? Life is not like that. It is not smooth sailing. It is not happy days 99% of the time. We've got stress. We've got hormones. We've got cyclical life changes every seven years. We've got genetic variables. We have you know, all sorts of different things. And that's just on a base level. You throw in things that you want to do or need to do. Like I feel you with the lactose intolerance thing. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry, but you're going to, you're going to have to leave me with the chocolate. Um. <laughs> I will eat the cheese. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. That's a deal. But all these yeah. things too, right? Like there's an element of living your best life and not being made to feel so guilty about it or the skin freaking out. And then, you know, that's again, all we're focusing on. That's so true. You guys both gave such great advice on this topic. But I think, you know, now that we know how our confidence gets affected by these skin challenges that we face, um, let's talk a little bit more about how to achieve skin confidence at any stage of our skin. What are some of your um, suggestions for us, Caitlin? Yeah, I think the way that we talk to ourselves and about ourselves is huge. I am definitely guilty of self-deprecating humor. True, it's a cultural thing. True, I also just generally think it's funny. Um, <laughs> <laughs> because I, you know, I'm at that place now where I do have a strong confidence in the way that I present myself. Maybe it's not always 100% looks based necessarily, but the way that I present myself, I'm I'm in a good place. Um, with all of that. So definitely that's, that's a huge thing. My other thing is as well is before and after photos. If anyone's done a consult with me or met me in clinic, you'll know that I'm, I'm crazy about it. The reason is I didn't do it. I didn't have that moving record to kind of check in for myself and see how far I had come and see all of the work that I had done. And I do miss on having that because exactly right now, my skin's pretty darn good most of the time. But I wish I had that catalog of like, look, this is, this is where I've been. This is my journey. This is the honest truth of what was underneath all of this. So I think that is a big part of it. And also to just, again, kind of accepting that Photoshopped images are not real and we are not expected to look like a literal marble statue. That's not real life. That's not humanity. Humans have pores and oil glands and sweat pores and hairs, God forbid hairs, you know, and blackheads and eczema and maybe recognizing what we can do, what's attainable, what is comfortable to do and what is, you know, maybe what should be done. When we do routine building and things like that, I always have three different stages in mind. You got your short and sweet. I'm in a rush. I'm exhausted. Let me just wash my face. I've got my core. This is what I should really be doing for optimal skin health. 
And then I have my treat myself day. But again, it's also too just being realistic with that expectation of not every day is going to be perfect. And what is perfect? Non-existent. Those are some very good, great points. It's all absorbing right now. That was so good. So, so good. I feel like that is definitely the biggest thing. Because I think when I was near the beginning of my journey, I was like, okay, I'm going to try and take pictures. Like, whatever. This is really hard to do looking at myself like this right now and putting that no filter picture in my camera that I'm like looking at every so often when I go through my pictures. But I can say that like whenever I do decide to take a picture again and I did the comparison, I was so impressed with the subtle differences, even though I still had acne in certain areas, it felt like my skin had like more glow than usual, or there was just less acne. And it's definitely a huge confident booster because it's like, okay, something's working and that's so great. And I think it's so great to talk about how to be skin confident, but I would love your thoughts and hear more on the depths of why it's so important. Um, I think that It might be silly to ask because we've kind of touched on the direct link of our skin appearance to mental health, but really to just drive the point home on how important it really is. I know you'll do a great job at that. (laughs) No pressure. Yeah, Uh, it's for sure, you know, in life, not to sound super philosophical, but in life, there are so many things that we cannot control that our skin becomes something that is within our grasp. And there's different aspects and different facets of life for different people, right? Some people it's their hair or it's their dress sense or it's their weight or it's their muscle mass, right? Like we focus on certain aspects, good or bad, healthy, unhealthy. And with skin, it's kind of that front and center. Literally, that's how you're greeting the world. And, you know, it's something that, yes, we have a say in, we can manage, we can work with it, but we cannot override it and convince it to be something that it's just genetically not possible to be or stress-wise or medication. And I think, you know, podcasts like this, this is fantastic, right? We're talking about it. We are releasing this kind of stigma and this fear and this worry surrounding skin health and mental health. And that is the beginning. And it is such a big, big beginning. And it's such a big first step. Being able to talk about your skin and recognizing that it's not just about beauty and vanity. Skincare is healthcare, is wellness, and it's all linked together. You can't have one without the other. You've got to have the whole piece. And even just, you know, in the 10 years or so that I've been seeing skin professionally, it's become much more common to talk about skin health as opposed to skin beauty. And just that kind of switch around of this is a health issue. You know, your skin is part of your immune system. It is an actual organ. It needs love, attention, and care and respect as well beyond just, you know, throwing a bar of soap around it. That it's okay to feel stress or pressure about your skin, but it's also okay to feel proud of your skin when it's looking good and feeling good. And it's okay to talk about your skin and not to be labeled as vain and shallow because again, it's an actual health concern. (laughs) Mm -hmm. No, I love that you've really touched on the importance of recognizing these things that we think about in our heads. Um, And I think you've really touched on how we can practice skin confidence on a daily basis. You know, the self-talk and really facing your challenges and seeking expert advice. 
you know, and I think most of all, just not thinking that it's a vain thing to be concerned mm-hmm. about your skin is already the first step. It's, it's a health thing. So I guess like the verbiage is also very important. You know, how you speak to it, not just how you speak to yourself, but how you speak to what you're going through. That's important as well. So um, I guess, you know, Pooja, if you want to share with us, what are some of the things that you've been doing um, on this journey? Us normal people that are not skin experts, I guess. (laughs) (laughs) You guys are experts. (laughs) So for myself personally, I followed the direction that Caitlin has spoken about. I think that I've taken the strides in accepting the journey along the way kind of how I've spoken in past episodes about growth and forgiveness being a journey. Skin confidence is also a journey. So I've just accepted it along the way. And I've used my skin as a signal more than just another acne breakout or something like that. Of course, it's hard to get a random cluster of breakouts, whether it's from stress or maybe in my case, one too many cheese boards. I'm not letting that go. I love my cheese. (laughs) (laughs) But I've tried to reframe my brain to see it as what is my skin telling me? What does it need right now? And just kind of taking from that and reassuring myself that I'm not defined by my breakout. I'm not defined by the skin concerns my skin is going through, I can treat it as it wants to be treated, as it's telling me, hey, take care of this right now. And then all of that doesn't define who I am on the inside either. That is so powerful. I think once you like recognize that moment, um, it becomes so empowering. So honestly, guys, this has been such an amazing conversation where we're able to speak our truth and be vulnerable. I know it's not easy um, talking about some of the things that we don't necessarily see as pretty about ourselves or perfect, you know, and these are such toxic words when you think about it, but I just, I'm so grateful that we're all able to come to the safe space and really, you know, speak our mind and ask the questions that we have on our mind in order to get the right information. So Thank you so much for joining us, Caitlin, and sharing with us your struggles and challenges. Because honestly, if I were to just see our IG lives and see you on social media, I think this girl has no problems because she's such an expert in this space. And, you know, she works for such an amazing skincare brand. There's nothing she can't have. So knowing the background story really helps us to understand how far you've come also. So for those of you that are listening um, right now, you know, for anyone that wants to find you and ask more questions and go further in on this conversation, where can they find you, Caitlin? The easiest place to get a hold of me is actually schedule a virtual consult with me. Um, They are completely complimentary. So there's, there's no like, hey, come and give me money and I'll yell at you of any way, shape or form. So you can absolutely do that. They're a half hour block time. Do my consults go for half an hour? Literally never. It's usually the majority of an hour. Um, but that way too, we can kind of go into what's going on with your skin. What are we looking towards and what do we want to work on? But face to face, I will be out and about in the field again as of, you know, next week. Um, so if you want to come see me 
in the field in a store uh you know making the rounds then you can definitely shoot me an email um my email is my first name so it's literally just c-a-i-t-l-i-n at dgskincare.com um or you can definitely hit me up on the old social medias uh, my Instagram is always tagged on to pretty much everything that we do, but we also do have a Canadian team page up and running on the old Instagram. So it is DDG Canada team, and you can find us there too. If you're not sure um, how to get a hold of me, you can really honestly message either of those two because I'll be in and out of them. And then we can, you know, navigate through where we've been and where we're going because, you know, I saw a great little article you know, getting, getting older is the goal. And I'll tell you, as I'm no longer maybe dealing so front and center with acneic lesions in my own skin, there is a difference to reading about <clears throat> loss of collagen in the books and seeing firsthand the beginning deterioration of the collagen in your skin. So that's kind of, you know, the next, I guess, bit of work to do on myself is also not be afraid of aging <laughs> because there's nothing wrong with that preserve go slow in my own case but you know that's another uh, part of also looking forward to the future of my skin yes totally there's always something to work through with our skin isn't there <laughs> it's a living breathing being right and I guess that's that's kind of the the key takeaway there is it is its own being <laughs> it does what yes. it wants <laughs> <laughs> totally and as always, the main takeaway is to give yourself grace throughout the process and mm -hmm. to, to accept the journey, like we said. <laughs> Thank you so much for joining us. Honestly, this has been such a blast for both me and Alita. And thank you to everyone who's listening for tuning in. We can't wait to see you all at the next episode. Bye. Bye. If you like this podcast, Give us a five-star rating and be sure to subscribe to get notified when new episodes are out. And to be a part of the conversation, follow us on Instagram at Note to Self Movement. See you there.